Welcome to the Risk and Repeat podcast, episode number 92. I'm Rob Wright, editor of Search Security, and I am here, as usual, with my site editor, Peter Lotion. Peter, welcome. Hi, Rob. Peter, we have a special guest. We do. We have a senior reporter, Michael Heller. Mike, welcome. Good to be here. Welcome back, I should say. Uh, you've been on the podcast before, but you are, are joining us today to discuss our favorite subject, something that we've been writing quite a bit about, something that the whole industry has been writing quite a bit about, Meltdown Inspector. And there's quite a bit going on with this, and I'm not even sure where to begin with this, because there's been so many little things and big things going on. It's It's been really hard to keep track of since this broke the first week of January. I guess I'll try to give like a brief update on a couple of important items that have happened over the last week. And I'll just start out by saying it it does not seem like the mitigation effort, patching effort, remediation effort for these vulnerabilities is going great. Like Mike, I know that you wrote a story about sort of the discovery process and the sort of coordinated disclosure process. Do you want to talk about that for a minute and just how that compares to what you're seeing now? Yeah, so, I mean, this has been a long time in the works. Um, there was a report uh, that four different groups had found these vulnerabilities early last year. Uh, one of the, Jan Horn, one of the researchers for Google's Project Zero, figured out the Spectre uh, attack methods, and he supposedly alerted Intel of the issue on June 1st. So Intel has known from at least early last year, and they told other major partners, we're still not exactly sure who that is, mm. uh, presumably Microsoft. Google obviously knew because of uh, it was one of their own researchers. AMD and ARM were also brought in because it affects all chips to a certain extent. Mm. And then between June and when the news leaked out in on January 3rd, uh, we're, we don't have a lot of information on how, what exactly happened. Intel has not been very forthcoming. Um, our sister site in France uh, was able to obtain a, a memo that detailed a little bit of what Intel did, but even that has a lot of questions, which I'm sure we're going to go through. Yeah, lots of questions. It, it's remarkable to me, though, that you know you could have three or four separate groups. Uh, obviously, the researchers at our, our, our Horn at, at, at uh, Project Zero. You had the researchers at uh, Graz University. You you had a lot of different people contributing to the effort of finding these vulnerabilities, the meltdown vulnerability, the spectra vulnerabilities, are uh, there's actually two of them, which we'll also get into. And they were able to sort of do this coordinated project of, of discovering what was actually causing the issues, the underlying issues, and how they could be exploited. And then, and then doing the research and then bringing it to the chip makers to show them like hey this is this is serious stuff so that coordinated disclosure process was i mean that was top shelf 
stuff. But everything since then seems like it's just been a little like we're we're in the dark on a lot of stuff, but it doesn't seem like it's it's gone smoothly ever since the the news broke and and these disclosures were made public. And as evidence of that, um, last week Intel announced microcode updates that they had issued uh, that they had issued previously that were causing some reboot issues. Well. They, they announced that they had identified the issue. They didn't say what the issue was. They just say, you know, they said that they had identified the root cause of the issue. And they told customers, um, users, OEM customers, stop applying the patches, stop applying the updates until further notice, we're gonna work on them and correct the issue that's causing these, you know, these, these longer than expected reboots. They had first, I believe they had, uh, said something about this initially on like January 11th or maybe it was the 13th. So earlier this month, they said unexpected reboot issues. We're aware of them. We're working on them. So they come out last week and they say, oh, uh, those reboot issues, they're bad and you got to stop issuing the updates. So they recalled the updates. And then I guess, Mike, you know a little bit about this. You're working on a story. Over the weekend, Microsoft issued an out-of-band patch for for this problem. And I believe it was specific to one of the Spectre vulnerabilities, correct, that Microsoft was addressing? Yeah, it's the Spectre vulnerability number two um, that is the, the specific issue so Microsoft released an out-of-bound patch that allows user or that disables Intel Fix. Yeah. Because Intel Fix was breaking systems, and Microsoft also uh, has a, an advanced method where users can go into the registry and specifically disable the the fix for that one Spectre vulnerability. Yeah. So it's gotten to the point where. I mean, there have been issues with these patches that, you know, previously, but it's gotten to the point now where Microsoft is issuing an out-of-band patch to disable Intel's own fix for this Spectre vulnerability, and it's it's just kind of a mess. So I, I guess let's start there before we get into, you know, the previously mentioned memo. Peter, what was your reaction to seeing, like, it's it you know, the patches are here, wait, don't patch, wait, Here's another patch to disable the other guy's patch that was already released that we knew was bad. I mean, <laughs> you're making a face. The podcaster, uh, podcast audience cannot uh, we, see your face. We don't have the, the video on today. No, uh, no that'll come um, later. Yeah, no, it's um, it it made me really understand why a lot of enterprises don't rush to apply patches right away. That's a great point. And it certainly made me uh, have some second thoughts about whether or not I wanted to apply these patches or, or wait or what should I do. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, not that didn't inspire a lot of confidence. Yeah. Mike, what was your, your uh, I guess, initial reaction? Uh, I mean, beyond the initial reaction of just confusion about everything, because every step of the way, this whole scenario has been confusing from the initial speculation where we didn't know exactly what was happening and then the the early announcement 
before they had actually planned to do it, and now every patch seems to be causing more issues. If I mean, we we knew early on that these patches weren't designed to actually fix the problem, but rather to mitigate the potential attacks. Right. And now, I mean, now we don't even know what's going on. It's it's been a mess. I mean. I don't want to say I was surprised by the news that Intel was recalling the or telling users and customers to stop issuing the updates or applying the updates because I think it was going in that direction once we learned from the you know the, the statement they made earlier in the month that they were having these reboot issues for them to even come out and say there were reboot issues to begin with well I mean that's pretty telling so this is sort of the logical conclusion of that. But the fact that Microsoft is coming out with a patch to fix this mess before Intel can do it itself, it's not, it's not great. It's not, it's not, it's, it's, this is, I know we're talking about two different things. We're talking about the OS and the chip and the OS is software and the chip is, it has software in it, I get it, but it's hardware, but still it's not, it's not great, Peter. You were going to say something. Yeah, no. I, the 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 big question that came up in my mind is, I keep looking at the at, at the documentation that shows that Intel was notified on June first, but I still have to ask, what, Intel was notified on June first. Yeah, it's so it's so we're like two hundred or something days out. Uh, I'm not great with math. Well, is it is it two hundred days? Uh, June first. <laughs> June, July, August, September, October, November. I mean, you December. don't have to count. Yeah. So <laughs> no, but we're 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 right now we're coming up on almost eight months. Yeah, no, so it's that's about two hundred forty days. It's a long time. It is a long time. Uh, and and since you mentioned that timeline, I guess we should get into the next part of the discussion. So, Mike, you had mentioned our our sister site, sister publication in France, La Mag IT. They had issued a uh, published a report earlier in the week last week, they had obtained uh, confidential documents, Intel documents that sort of detail the company's disclosure plan and, and its microcode update schedule for just one of the Spectre vulnerabilities, not all the, spe uh, the Spectre and Meltdown vulnerabilities, it was just the one. But it was also specifically the one that we've already talked about that was causing the issues with the for the reboots and the one the one that Microsoft issued the out of band patch for it was the branch target injection vulnerability, and these documents. So we were fortunate enough, you know, uh, cooperation with our colleagues across the pond. We were able to get a look at these documents, and the thing that really stood out to me was that Intel didn't notify its OEM customers of this flaw, this specific vulnerability, this specific part of Spectre, until November 29th. And the first round of microcode updates were not available until about a month later. Um, I think they were they were pushed out or made available on Christmas Eve, which, guys, not an ideal time. <laughs> like if you really if you really want people to patch uh, or you really want those updates out like quickly, uh, Christmas Eve, not the best time, but anyway. So 
we can start with general thoughts about the memo, but I also want to get into is is that a long time? Do you guys think that's a long time between them until finding out about the Spectre vulnerability on June first to not notifying the OEM customers until November 29th? That seems like a long time to me, but I confess I don't. I know a little bit about chips, but I don't know. Peter, I'm looking at you. Oh, You've you're... written books about technology. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you keep saying that. Oh well, it's true. Uh, you're an author, a published well, author. So. The thing that really astonished me about the whole story is number one that that there was this blackout, this embargo across yeah. like multiple organizations, yep. multiple different kinds of organizations, that actually held until what about a week before the intended, I mean over seven months, right? Or se yeah, seven months. Long time. It is a long time. Um, so that was astonishing to me, but the fact that the OEM customers didn't get notified until six months after Intel got the word. That's also kind of astonishing. It does What does it say about does Intel not trust its OEM customers or? I, I don't know. I mean, Mike, what do you think? I, I don't know if it's a matter of trust. I mean, I, I would assume that with an issue this big and with a disclosure process that's embargoed this long. They wanted to keep those in the know kind of small to begin with. Right. And not bring in anybody that they didn't have to until they absolutely needed to. Um, and in terms of how long it took Intel to do to actually get the patch out to OEM partners, it, I mean, Rob, maybe I'll leave the, the cynical take to you, but if you want to be charitable to Intel, the the issue with, that we're talking about here is not a normal vulnerability. True. This is this is a situation where the researchers who devised these attacks are, I mean, essentially far ahead of the people at Intel who actually made these chips. Yeah. And abusing a system that you know nobody thought could be abused or was in any danger and uh it, it there's a lot of there's a lot of work to figure out just how to to best mitigate these kinds of issues um somebody that i recently spoke to at microsoft uh said that you know chip vendors have to deal with the firmware code then the OS is going to deal with that change in a certain way. So there's a lot of back and forth that has to happen. And the, the reboot issues that Intel has been facing, as far as I've been told, it's a very small percentage mm. of users. But when you try and push out a patch of this scale to literally every device, there's going to be going to be issues that come out of it and as we saw with the the leaked memo that uh that we got just in december alone intel made eight revisions to the the microcode patch that they were working on so you know they they obviously found issues early on in the testing but maybe they just didn't have enough time to test because 
I mean, maybe they they should have tried to push out the patch for to OEM partners earlier, but regardless yeah. of when they planned on actually disclosing these vulnerabilities to the public, that whole process got blown up by the uh, the Linux or the the AMD post. So. Right. I know it's hard. It's hard to know specifically because Intel has been so quiet about this, and and AMD as well. I mean, I I don't think. AMD has been particularly open about this. I think they've they've also been quiet, for lack of a better word. But yeah, the, I mean, you mentioned the documents. The and I should note this was a technical advisory sent to OEM partners, OEM customers. It was from the Intel Product Security Incident Response Team. And. Yeah, November 29th, 2017 is the, you know, I'm reading from the document, initial notification to OEM customers under confidential non-disclosure agreement. And, and Mike, you mentioned the revisions. I mean, it's, it goes from November 29th all the way right up till December 24th, according to this revision history of the, of the schedule. And I just, I, I wonder you know, like you said, you could take a char- charitable view of this and say these are big, big, big issues, and they probably took a lot of work, and you know that's why this, you know, went right up until Christmas Eve or whatever. It's why that, you know, maybe they didn't inform the OEM partners earlier. But I just kind of wonder what was going on during that time. Like, so it's it's June first. You've got ninety days. But not only do you get that initial 90 days, you get another 90 days and more on top of that. So, so, like my issue ultimately is, if this is like a major, major issue that's required a lot of time and effort and energy to fix, and that's why it's, it's kind of gone off sort of half-cocked with a lot of hitches, then, then fine. But like, if it's that big of a deal, why is why is Intel so afraid to say the words like meltdown inspector? Why have they seemingly tried to downplay it? Why doesn't the CEO devote more time to it at CES? Why don't they? Why are they more open about it? Like, I I understand that you don't want to stand up and say, oh, our chips have an inherent security flaw, and and this is going to be affecting us for the next few years. Well, if that's the truth, then. <laughs> You know, you're you're better off saying it now than having it sort of, you know, slowly bled out over time. And if it's and if it's not, if Intel is right and it's not as big of a deal as everyone is making it out to be, then why did it take them six months to notify the OEMs? Why did they need such an extended disclosure period? Like, why did they need twice as long, more than twice as long? And it feels like they're trying to have it both ways. They're trying to say, hey, it takes a lot of work, it takes a lot of time, we're doing the best we can, and at the same time say, oh, well, it's not that big of a deal. You, you, it's not being exploited in the wild. No one has to really worry about it. I know they didn't say those exact words, but that's kind of what I feel like they're, the impression they're, they're leaving is. So, I don't know. Peter, you're usually my logic check here, so do you feel like I'm being a little harsh? Not at all. I mean... Given that that the standard uh, window for for uh, keeping a vulnerability under wraps is ninety days, um, and given that apparently Intel got 
well more than double that. Yeah, um, and they were granted that. We, I should know they were granted that by all the parties involved. You know, like like Google, everyone else said, okay. Yeah, take care of it. Take care right. of it. Take your time. Right. I mean, I don't know that they said take your time, but <laughs> you can see in the bug tracker on Google it says, you know, grace yeah. period, grace deadline, whatever. You, I mean, you can see it right there. So, yeah. well, right. I mean, so you would, I I would have imagined that they wouldn't get surprised, blindsided by, by some kind of a, a bug in their bug patch, but, um, I mean, it, it kind of feels like. It, the, the response feels as though there it, w- it had a lot less time. It, Intel's response appears to be similar to the response of other companies that have had bugs reported. It's kind of took them by surprise. Yeah, and um, I mean the fact that they that their embargo was broken a week ahead of time that shouldn't they shouldn't have needed seven days to to <sighs> to, to fix this show. Yeah. I mean, that's that's sort of my feeling too, Mike. What do you think? I like giving people the benefit of the doubt, but in this case, Intel had plenty of time to plan out how they were going to deal with this. And then, ever since the story initially broke, everything that Intel's done has been very defensive, very closed off, and. I mean, when the when the news first broke, Intel's response wasn't, you know, yeah, there's this issue, we've got this patch, we've been working on it for six months, it's this huge issue that we all have to deal with. Their initial reaction was, uh, there's been a lot of speculation, we just want to tell you that all chips are affected, not just Intel. Yeah. That And then from then on, it's just been, as you said, they refuse to actually say Meltdown Inspector. They just say that they know that there are issues with firmware updates mm-hmm. and they haven't they, they won't uh, answer questions about who they told and when. They won't a- answer questions about the testing process. They won't answer questions about any of their plans going forward because we know that they're going to have to do something to something fundamental to fix their chips going forward and they they have said that they're working on something but we don't know what we don't know exactly how it's going to present itself we don't know if, you know all we know is that it's planned to come out sometime this year yeah that. uh, that's that's what the CEO said uh, in the earnings call last week uh, uh, aptly timed earnings call I'd say um, I'll find the quote here. He said, we are now working to incorporate silicon-based changes to future products that will directly address the Spectre and meltdown threats in hardware. Those products will begin appearing later this year. And silicon-based changes, he was very specific there. Um, I, it, it's hard to say what is the appropriate measure of criticism for Intel at this point, because again, we don't know like how we know these are serious vulnerabilities. We don't know how much work is being done behind the scenes, how much work was done behind the scenes, what caused the delays in disclosing the vulnerabilities, preparing the microcode updates, informing everybody. Obviously, a lot of moving parts here, but at the same time, like Mike, to your point, the I don't think from an 
from a, a, a public standpoint, like, I, so I don't know what's going on t technology wise behind the scenes, but from, from a media standpoint, informing the public, informing people, keeping everybody up to date on what's going on. I think they've really dropped the ball. I mean, this, you just look at their statements and the, th and the things that they've said over the past month since January 3rd, starting with that statement on January 3rd, you know, about media speculation. And then the updates that they have posted, I, I guess updates is the wrong word because I'm confusing that with patches, but the information updates, the, the, the announcements that they've put on their, their press site or their media relations site for the Spectre and Meltdown, which they don't even want to say by name. It's like Voldemort. You know, they, they issue the Intel's security first pledge. Okay, great. Then they say there's reboot issues, but they don't say in that reboot issues, that initial announcement, they don't say what it's related to. They don't say Meltdown or Spectre. Then when they, they say, uh, send out the announcement, they published the announcement last week about, hey, stop the patches. They don't say which, which patch. They don't say which update, which vulnerability. They, they don't say anything. They just say Broadwell, Haswell, Chips, have some reboot issues. You know, Microsoft, on the other hand, comes out with their out-of-band patch, and they say, oh, it's specifically, it's here's the number of the, the patch, here's the issue, here's... It's related to this specific vulnerability, this, you know, Spectre number two, branch target injection. And I just, I think that they, Intel should be doing a better job, could be doing a better job of being more informative about this and not trying to, I don't know, downplay it, hide it, whatever. I, I don't know what they're trying to do. I, I'm honestly kind of lost. I don't, I don't know how this helps them in any way, so. Um, I don't know. Agree, disagree, Peter. Agree. I mean, not naming it is—it's so—it's unhelpful. Yeah. I mean, it, I mean, it's all there on their website, but but not naming it. Like, what do you? Yeah. What, what are you trying to prove? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, I, I imagine that the argument is that they don't want to affiliate themselves with a with a name that, for a thing that they didn't come up with that that points to a, a flaw in their in their products but I, I don't think that's standard practice I think people I, I think companies have been referred using yeah. the I mean I mean to your point other companies try to do this and this is starting to sort of smell like like every other company that get hit, gets hit with a major vulnerability it's it's they, they just they're like oh we know it's serious but they don't act like it and again maybe Intel is acting like it behind the scenes but it's not reflected in their public actions it's not like if this was as serious as 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 we all seem to think it is and and they're not the only company having issues with patches and, and response like amd again they had to stop patches they initially came out and said specter oh don't worry very you know uh, Barely any, you know, it's near zero chance that this will affect us. For Spectre, we already knew that Meltdown didn't inf affect them. And then lo and behold, they come out later and say, wait, wait, wait. So it's, it, it this has affected both companies, but I, Intel, I just think, needs to do a better job of, of how they're handling this. So, um, Mike, any closing thoughts before we wrap up? <laughs> I thought of, 
an interesting conspiracy theory, which is that all of these chip makers know that the patches should do well enough to stop any attacks. Mm. Even if there are any attacks, there's no way to actually detect it, so no one will ever know if these issues are being abused in the wild. Mm. So if they can just ride this out until they get fixed hardware out into the, the ecosystem, then maybe it'll all just sort of disappear. Oh man, I hope that's not the the stance they're taking. I mean, if it was, I would I would assume they would going with a lot. They'd be moving forward with a lot less complex and messy patches because, by all accounts, people are at least people in the know, technology wise, are saying these things are like uh, you know Franken patches. They're just you know they're all over the place. But but yeah, you, you wonder about what the motives are here. Um, what are they trying to do? Like what's are they that are they that worried about performance hits and how much can they really do in the short term how much is this tied to the actual hardware um that's a terrifying thought i don't want to think about that uh peter any closing thoughts from you i just bunker time bunker time maybe yeah could you, be you, you know i got some extra space in mind <laughs> okay you and mike might have to draw straws though i think at this point what? I don't know. No, no going into the bunker for this one. On this one, we we don't go into the bunker. We just keep pestering Intel until they actually tell us something worthwhile. That sounds like a good plan. Peter Bites. I do. I agree. All right. Well, thank you guys for joining me on this uh, podcast discussion of Meltdown Inspector. Peter, thanks as always. Always good to be here. And Mike, glad to have you back on the podcast. Always good to be here as well. And thank you to the readers and listeners of Search Security. I'm Rob Wright, and we will see you next time.